Hello and welcome to Move Conversations. This is your host Venkat. In this episode, we talk to Udayan Sen Gupta. My co-producer Mrigank Udayan and I were classmates at IIFT. Udayan is a director of Saurav Chemicals Limited. And uh, welcome to the show, Udayan. Hi, hi Venkat. Hi Mrigank. Good to be with you guys. Welcome, welcome. Thank you, Udayan. So, you know, you have been a veteran of the pharmaceutical industry. How did you get into it? Immediately after IFT? Uh, almost immediately after IFT. I was actually at a loose end because I was in Bombay. And, okay. and then I came yeah. back to Delhi and uh, I was wondering what to get into. So for a while, I worked with an organization which was known to me. But eventually, I moved into the field of pharmaceuticals. So, so you have been uh, a veteran of that industry and especially from the, you know, um, Indian side, right? So give us an intro to, you know, Indian pharmaceutical industry, you know, the, the, the value chain and, uh, you know, from a global perspective, as well as where India is uh, placed in the, in the global uh, pharmaceutical value chain. So, okay, uh, Venkat, let me also give you a little bit of a background about myself. So you very... Um, uh, perhaps uh, overestimate me by saying I'm a veteran of the industry. I've been associated with the industry for the past 22 years. And we set up this company, Saurav Chemicals Limited. Uh, we are now uh, known or rather rebranded as SCL. Um, we worked in the field of advanced pharmaceutical intermediates along with a very large Indian company, Ranbaxi Labs. And that was because we were located very close to that. We were in the city of Chandigarh. We had some industrial land and Baxi people gave us a challenge that, can you do this? Can you handle this kind of chemicals? We okay. import this from China mm -hmm. and we said, all right, let's uh, take it on. And uh, we did that. And mm -hmm. as we went along the relationship with them and certain other Indian uh, pharma giants uh, also uh, came about, we were increasingly challenged by many of them, whether we could do more intermediates. And that's our journey. And in, uh, we started in 1994, and then by 2004, we had set up our second manufacturing unit also. So today we actually manufacture both intermediates as well as APIs. Mm -hmm. APIs, perhaps you are familiar, is uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients. Mm -hmm. Now this is what is the main uh, drug element inside any medicine that you pick up from a hospital or a clinic or a pharmacy. Right. And uh, this is the this is the chemical which actually cures or suppresses symptoms, etc. So we got into this pretty early on, and uh, we have been now exporting uh, for last uh, since 2006. We started exports, so it's almost like 15 years of exports. Right. So just for uh, you know, for, for just for the people who are like a bit uninitiated, would you say that? Uh, it is like paracetamol in Panadol, you know, penicillin in whatever brands of uh, antibiotic that they may be getting. Um, is that what is a AI or, you know, can you explain? No, for the, API, for is, API is primarily, API. yes. When you buy crocine, the actual pharmaceutical ingredient inside it is, uh, uh, is um, paracetamol. You're absolutely right. So similarly, there are several other uh, brands are popular, like Plavix is Correct. very popular or um, Galvamet is very popular. Uh, so these are all very popular brands, OTC almost in many countries. Uh, but the basic ingredient inside that is the chemical and usually it has a different name. 
So paracetamol and crocine are perhaps the best example. Right. right. To give. So we manufacture those and we export to almost about 55 plus countries. Major markets are USA, Japan. And uh, sometimes in 2012, we had uh, Mitsubishi Corporation Japan. They also came in and took a small part of our equity. So they continue to be very important partners for us. So we have been present in most of the important regulated as well as the partially regulated markets as far as the pharmaceutical industry is concerned. Now, going to the question of Indian pharmaceutical industry, uh, we are very big. We are, uh, I mean, just to give you a few very relevant uh, trade statistics, India uh, pharmaceutical industry is close to about 40 billion US dollars, roughly give or take a few billion dollars. Now, out of our total exports of uh, 320 odd billion dollars in 2020, a very large part came from uh, this particular industry. It was close to about 21 billion US dollars. And I think as Indians, we will be very proud to admit the fact that almost 60% of the world's vaccines are supplied from India, from various uh, companies, along with uh, Serum Institute, there are a host of other companies also which have been producing it and exporting it for a very large time. So 60% is a bit of a skew because right now we are doing a large amount of vaccines for the COVID uh, pandemic uh, that has kind of uh, increase the number, but otherwise also we were doing close to about 50% of the world's vaccines were manufactured and exported out of India. 40% of the US generics market is catered mm -hmm. by India, and that is big. That is really big and something to be proud of. And I mean, just to give you an idea, about 20, 25% of the market in UK, a similar amount in um, uh, European Union is also catered to by Indian manufacturers. So that's India's pharmaceutical story. It has been growing. Uh, there are a couple of people, I think the Indian pharmaceutical industry uh, needs to uh, admit and uh, acknowledge as uh, the people who, who were the pioneers in this field. One is of course, Dr. Ranji Reddy and the other was Dr. Parminder Singh. So they are the ones who actually started India on this journey of exports. They are the ones who created India as a big base for reverse engineering and that while it was a boon for the Indian pharma industry, we moved from the, uh, what do you say, as the growth phase to the development phase when these gentlemen went about challenging uh, big uh, originators like GSK, uh, Pfizer, etc. And there were, these, there were these huge legendary battles between them and uh, um, the originators and various courts all over the world. Uh, but we, we survived, we did very well, and both these companies, as you know, are right now they are hallmarks of our industry, not just in India, but elsewhere also. Uh, having said that, it is also proved to be the bane of uh, our industry because we have somehow uh, not really uh, focused much on investing in hardcore R&D. So if you see in today's date, India, uh, India's export or India's total pharmaceutical basket of 40 billion US dollars, almost 70% is generics and only 9% is patented drugs. So that gives you an idea about our lack of focus on core R&D. It is now expected that probably in 2022, one of the Indian companies will probably launch their first molecule, indigenously developed uh, 
you know the entire research was done so core research and development for the first time has started only in the late 20 uh, 2010s like 2018 2019 so one of those molecules will probably see the light of the day so that's where we are as compared to the uh, in our position in the world as far as the whole world is concerned it is a very large uh, uh, part of the world gdp so total business in pharmaceutical um, goods i'm not saying services goods which includes instruments biotechnology items the herbal products natural natural products etc is about 950 odd billion us dollars and usa as you might have already guessed is, is the premier player in this about 450 460 billion dollars is us is share india is there with 40 billion dollar but next in the chain are um the european union uh, followed by japan and china and china has actually in the last 10 years left uh, unfortunately left india far behind as far as the volume of growth is concerned but there have been some initiatives for the last 8 10 years from the government of india which should help india's uh, pharmaceutical industry grow I, I guess uh, we have addressed most of the issues you raised. Yeah, which are the key therapeutic areas of in focus for India? See, India became very large in uh, initially. We were very large in uh, treatment of TB, hmm. so it was primarily led by uh, Lupin. Uh, they are very large. They have huge capacities, and they rule the world market as far as the TB therapies, anti-TB therapies are concerned. Thanks to uh, Ranbaxy. uh we also became very large in the world uh, uh, market for antibiotics especially cephalosporins carbapenems now these are various kinds of um, antibiotics which are based on ingredients like penicillin etc so these are um, typically you will find that there are different um, uh, generations of these drugs so there is generation 1 of cephalosporins generation 2 generation 3 generation 4 right now we are hovering around general 5 generation 5 and 6 so we are very strong in this but as i said earlier lack of focus on research so we are still uh, me to followers but we do an excellent job of me to following and that's why we are known as the pharmacy of the world i mean we are really big there are certain drugs especially antibiotics where we control almost 60 70% of the world market and i i believe it is a feather in the cap of the indian pharma industry because we don't make the basic ingredient in india that is very much a part of the chinese portfolio yeah we'll come to that but uh, which are the those medicines where we control 60 70% of the market it's just primarily these some of these antibiotics then uh, anti tuberculosis and of course there is now we have also added to our range the the cardiovascular system related drugs uh, we are very large in the world's largest selling uh, cardiovascular drugs there are two of them one is a cholesterol reducer which is a statin drug in which india has a very huge capacity including we have managed to mitigate um, the raw material aspect also um and the other one is a product called plavix which is a blood thinner which is clopidogrel there again india has very huge capacities in my own company for example we manufacture almost 60 metric tons of it probably it is the largest capacity in the world at least in this particular salt there are people who are making very large it's a it's a it's a pfizer molecule but we are very large in an alternate salt of the same same molecule so which are the others that you produce in your company 
we produce a several uh, we we produce certain cns category drugs and there is a category of drugs called nsaids which is non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs now these are uh, what you would commonly call as painkillers so we manufacture a range of those uh, then we manufacture certain products like i said in the cns cns is the central nervous system affecting uh, effective uh, affected diseases so drugs for that so we manufacture some of those like we manufacture a product called pregabalin which is given for uh, diabetic neuropathy uh, neuropathological pain uh, it's also treat as a treatment side effect for migraine etc it is given as treatment for that you mentioned the <laughs> pfizer molecule and yeah. you have an alternative for that so can you explain the patent scenario you know between you know indian patent for drug patents versus the others what the key points of difference so indian drugs as such like i said we really have any patents what we specialize was uh, tweaking the process of manufacturing the drug and then quickly filing a patent which was almost in all cases challenged by the originators and therefore all the companies uh, who went ahead with tweaking the processes had to be armed with a very good team of lawyers who could challenge or counter challenge the originator because the originator would throw this book at them saying that this is our original process this is why it is good a b c d and then the indian lawyers and i think you are familiar with the indian lawyers they are very sharp guys and also in terms of chemistry and process chemistry we are excellent i would i would not hesitate in saying that even today in united states of america or in europe wherever there are there is good, good quality research going on you will definitely find indian scientists there so indian scientists are very good as far as the chemistry part the process part is concerned coming back to the subject of patents um, we are very weak in actually doing any original patent related work uh, we are getting there there is a lot of focus coming on that but we are a little behind so a lot of catching up to do on that um what these companies the multinational companies typically do is uh, there are some stages of drug development so first there is drug discovery so there is a huge number of molecules from which they do some research etc then they come to a certain number of molecules which they take up for development and during the development process um, they also start doing clinical testing they do in vitro studies in vivo studies they do geriatric studies toxicology studies animal studies etc etc and after that they screen out of those molecules certain molecules. so this process is very long drawn and involves uh, uh, it involves a lot of money lot of effort lot of resources and uh, costs upwards of 1 1 billion us dollar to get just one drug out i mean i'm that's that's a ballpark figure nowadays it is even more uh, although the development period has shortened because of availability of better tools but the clinical trials the stringency of the trials the recording of the trial um, findings have become more stringent so it takes longer so upwards of 1 billion dollars so so indian companies usually have not been able to uh, divert that kind of funds or deploy that kind of funds for r and d but i guess we are slowly getting there um help me uh, understand this better maybe it's my misunderstanding um is it that india has process patent and uh, you know other countries did other developed countries have product patents in pharma is that is that, that a correct understanding is that a, yeah that that is the correct understanding that is how it used to be correct but after, um, after the after india became a signatory to uh, wto trips and trims and yeah, wto trims, yeah. 
after that uh, there was most of the pharma products most of the pharma drugs were covered under what is known as the product patent so irrespective of what you did however you tweaked so only products which had been um, registered or had received patents before that so sometimes around 2005 i think became applicable although we signed the agreement in 2001 so after that it has just been a game of wait watch so you most indian companies follow this path that if a patent is going off for a product in 2025 so they will have to launch the product by 2020 or something do the development work do the stability studies do the clinical work etc and keep it ready for on the date that the patent will go off but what the multinationals have been doing uh, for the last 20 30 years is they become very smart so they actually approach the large approach the large generic players in countries like india especially in india and they tell them that listen guys that rather than fighting it out or battling it out why don't you manufacture it for us we will give you a latent we will give you the patent for it and we will give you the license you can manufacture it easily so those kind of arrangements have started coming out before that it was a kind of a battle between them and us because what they used to do was just 6 months before the patent would be expiring they would tweak uh, say that oh this is now also applicable for geriatric applications or for pediatric applications or now you have to take only 200 mg against 400 mg so they were filing these patents and the indian government and the indian companies were busy challenging this so it was a waste of time but well that's how business ran so there was this typical clause in the us fda um, uh, regulations called 50540b and that is what most indian companies were challenging so they were it was known as 505 for b uh, filings so rambaxi dr reddies or window lupin uh, all these companies became masters of that they had this whole banks of lawyers fighting these uh, battles out and it started with a drug called fluoxetine which was a cns drug with dr reddies first challenge and then it was followed by many others eli lilly was uh, rambaxi was fighting with eli lilly for cefaclor which was a second generation they were fighting with gsk for uh, cefloxacetyl which is again an uh, anti infective it's a antibiotic so it's the story is very interesting and it's very exciting the journey that these people have followed and they were pioneers honestly things have changed but they have made us stronger india today is um, doing much better because we started off on a very strong footing and then the world became cautious that let's this is not china because the documentation which comes from india is very high quality very difficult to challenge the processes which are set by the indian scientists you may challenge our regulatory compliance levels you may challenge our maybe um, the patent aspects part of it but you cannot challenge these aspects of the indian drug industry thank you for joining us in yet another episode of move conversations hope you enjoyed this episode please subscribe to the move conversations youtube channel and press the bell icon to get notifications of new episodes thank you very much till i see you in the next episode thank you very much have a great day